Hello, hello, and welcome. We are back. This is Trucking Answers, the podcast. I am Mark, your podcast host, where you only have to listen to me through your ear hole. The rest of your holes are free to do whatever they want to do. I'm here with Gracie, my orange co-host, who is actually awake today and ready to chime in at any moment. This has been voted the best trucking podcast on the internet by PhDs who insist on being called doctor even though they are not a medical doctor. Well, that's pretty awesome. Today we're going to have some trucking news, some automotive news, and yet another reason why we are not on Mars. Do you know why we're not on Mars? Because there's a bunch of dumb, stupid, idiot people that live on this planet that waste our time and resources, you know, because they are stupid and we have to house them, and so we don't have the money to go live on a planet that seems so much more wonderful than this one. Today, I want to say that we are still only in 40 countries only. So, no extra countries have joined. I want to say that it's interesting, 51% of people that listen to this listen to it on an iPhone, but yet there are less than 50% of the phones are iPhones. Actually, only about 40% of the phones in the country are iPhones. Do you find that fascinating? I do. I don't know. I just like these kind of numbers. So we have a larger number of iPhone listeners than there are iPhones in the country. Do you know what that means? I don't either. I don't know if it means anything. It means something. I don't, just don't know what. So Papa Joe's going to come to our rescue and revive the trucking industry. There's been a big thing about this. He says, look, I'm going to change trucking. We're going to do stuff. And when I thought about that more, more than what he said, which is probably pretty much ridiculous, uh, because there's plenty of drivers, thirty to 40000 a month get their CDL. And the comments on the article, the comments that were in the article, most of the drivers said, hey, why don't you raise the pay of trucking? I don't know if drivers know this. In the United States, the government doesn't set your pay, all right? Even though they have a minimum wage, which I don't know that if they should or not, they don't have one for trucking. And even so, what do you want them to set your pay at? Where would you like your pay set? 60 cents? 50 cents? What should the government set the pay? See, that's the thing. Raising pay. The other thing about raising pay is if you think your pay is not sufficient, in which the majority of the comments were talking about pay, have you changed jobs lately? So are you at the highest paying job you can get? If it's all about pay, are you at the job that pays the most? All right. So that's another question. If you are unwilling, unwilling to do anything about your own situation, even though you see that there's a problem with it that you would like the government to fix, why don't you fix it if you're one of the commenters? So if a driver feels that their pay is too low, which they could at any company, I suppose, go and search out a job that is more to your pay liking. How much do you think drivers should make? That is another question. How much should they make? One driver said, these comments are just great, right? There shouldn't be any no more OTR driving. All drivers should be home on weekends, right? Well, I consider being gone a week OTR driving. I do. So that's another interesting thing. If you're home on weekends, I think that's over the road. Local drivers are home every day to their house. If you sleep in the truck, you're over the road. Okay, that's how I define it. And so that's interesting. Another driver says, no, if you're gone longer than a week, you're over the road. Otherwise, you're what? I, you know, regional? Regional is over the road. Okay, regional is over the road. Sleeping in the truck 
is over the road driving. Home weekends is over the road. Local is local. And again, it isn't for the government to dictate this kind of thing. If you are at a job where you're out three weeks and you would like to be home weekends, I would recommend that you either talk to your company or change jobs to a job that suits what you want. It's pretty simple, really. Get a job that you want. Do more research into a job than you do, uh, you know, buying a pair of shoes. One of the other comments in there, which was just great. Now, he says, now these drivers only need to go to school for a few weeks to get their license. I, I hate to tell you this. In 1988, I went to school for three weeks to get my license. This is not some kind of new thing. There's not really a federal law about any amount of training at the moment that you're required to receive before you get your license. If you could get your hands on a truck, you could go down there and take a test without ever going to truck school. In my school, we went for two full weeks. That's 10 days, right? Monday through Friday. The third week, we went Monday through Wednesday. Thursday was test day. Friday was a makeup day for people that failed the test on Thursday because in Illinois, where I tested, you had to wait 24 hours before you could retake the test. So that's how they did that. Most of the people passed on Thursday. I think there was one or two that had to come back. I don't know. It wasn't there Friday. I passed on Thursday. So I hate to tell you, it's always been like that. And if more training, just because you have more training, let's say truck school was 10 weeks long or 15 weeks. It doesn't matter. It's the what training you're getting. Okay, what are you getting in your training? Not that you're there longer. That doesn't prove anything. You know, so you go to school. What if you went to truck school for a year? Does that mean you're better trained? Not necessarily. Okay, it just depends on who's doing the training, what they're doing, that kind of thing. So to say, oh, well, now drivers, this has been, this is probably some driver who may be new or, you know, maybe 10 or 12 years and doesn't realize that it's always been that way. Okay, not everybody grew up on a farm, you know, driving some uh, international harvester around the uh, farm near four years old or whatever. Some of us actually live in cities, modern with electricity and indoor plumbing. And so we had to go to truck school, but it has always been short. And that is part, the other part of trucking, really one, another part, which is it's kind of easy to get into. You can go to school for just a couple of weeks, get a license and go driving. It isn't that, you know, high of a bar of entry. And we see that with, you know, the smells and sights that we experience at truck stops and, uh, you know, just either walking around them or uh, people may be taking the PP on the fuel island. You're not getting, you know, necessarily the highest caliber of people that you could possibly get into trucking because trucking really doesn't insist on the highest caliber of people. If you want better pay, go get a job that pays better. Okay, there are ways to make, you know, a lot of money in trucking. It just depends what you're willing to do and what you're willing to give up to get it. That's what you have to ask yourself, like Clint Eastwood would say. You know, and a man's got to know his limitations, which he also said. So if you're unwilling to do some things that wouldn't result in higher pay, then you can't really complain about your pay like me, right? I don't make that much money. I always say that. And uh, I don't. Most people that listen, easily a majority of people that listen here uh, and through their ear hole or through other holes on YouTube make more money than I do. All right. But I readily accept that to have time off. So that was that's my choice. You know, I could go back on the road and make more money, but I'm not willing to do that. So I work a short day also. So I don't even make that much money at the job I do. 
And uh, that's my choice. There's everything you want in trucking. We actually have some runs that are six hours a day. That's it. People work six hours a day. All right. So you can go all the way from that in trucking all the way to basically living in a truck and never coming home. So there's everything between there. So if wherever you are, if you do, if there's something they're doing that you don't like, I want to be home weekends. I want to be gone. I want to make more. You're going to have to actually lift your bootstraps up kind of and go find that thing yourself. Don't look to the government to do it. Oh, I have blasted in and said, well, detention and pay and detention. Look, go get a job that pays you for detention. All right. I get paid. You know, I have a salary that I get, but if I have to wait past my time, there's a time when my trailer is supposed to be ready. I get paid immediately. There isn't, oh, you have to go six hours before you get paid. There isn't any of that. I get paid. Breakdown, paid, right? All these things are paid. If I don't run because of the weather, paid. You can get those kind of jobs. They're easily found. You don't have to settle for whatever it is that you want Joe Biden to solve for you. You can go just change, and that's how we change these places. And we go right to Kellogg's, which goes right along with this. Kellogg's is in the news. And, yes, this relates to trucking. I'm going to bring it back there. I'm going to bring it right back around. We're going around the traffic circle. <laughs> Kellogg's has been on strike, which you probably know, the plants. The, they're out on strike. They said, look, you got to give us a raise or whatever. You guys are making a ton of money, and you're not giving us any of it. And they said they're going to give a 3% raise, and everybody rejected it. They'd been on strike for a while. It turns out, by the way, Kellogg's had record profits. And they've given larger raises in the past without those same profits. So 3% at the moment, not great. And the union said, get bent. And I love this because Kellogg said, oh, yeah, we're just going to go hire replacements. Well, guess what? They couldn't find any replacements. And they just gave them another contract that looks like it's going to go through. And this is what I'm telling you about companies right here, trucking companies. This is exactly exactly what i've said to do this works every time it's tried you cannot strike the whole industry that isn't how trucking works you have to take one company at a time and strike and say look we're not coming to work until you come to the table and make some changes you want to get paid detention that's easy don't settle for not being paid for detention if a company says you have x number of hours or whatever do not work at that company or walk and everybody that's there should coordinate and walk out at the same time all the truck stop and you say look until you talk we're done what do you think they're going to hire replacements they already can't get people to come on as it is it worked for kellogg's it can work for trucking but not as a whole oh all trucks need to stop no all trucks don't need to stop trucks at one company need to stop how long do you think this would take? Six weeks? Uh-uh. <laughs> you Believe me, that day, that day, something will happen. Because you're going to give them a phone number of somebody there, a representative, and say, look, call this number. We don't move until this person says we move. That person's going to get a phone call. And there's going to be some talking going on really fast. And they look at their big boards on the walls, and all their trucks are parked somewhere, safely and legally parked, and saying we're not going anywhere. And company will say, we're going to fire you. I'll tell them, okay, go ahead. You go at some big place, maybe some unnamed place in Salt Lake City. You go, fine. <laughs> you go, fire fire all of us. Fire all 8,000 of us or however many there are. Let your truck sit all. As soon as you're fired, you leave. Tell them, as soon as I'm fired, I'm leaving because I no longer work for you. Okay, and see how, that, see how far that gets places. See, push them, just like Kellogg's did. 
It's like the workers there and said, okay, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and hire people. Yeah. They can't. They can't. Right now, right, you strike when you're in a position of power. That's how it works. And now is the time to do that. Changing some of these things. I agree a lot of the stuff in trucking needs to change. Okay, I totally agree. Companies treat people horribly. It's tough to find a decent company. There's problems all over. This waiting and all this for unpaid, that's crazy. You shouldn't do it. Nobody should do it. And the way to change it is to make the company bend to what you want. The power is in numbers. All right. They can only threaten you. So what they're going to fire you. So what? Tell them I'll go get a job in 10 minutes. I'll have another job. Okay. And you won't have somebody driving your truck around. Today is the time to make that happen if you want it to happen. I don't know if you saw this. Look, I just don't understand this sometimes. And I don't even know how much of the story I believe. So these people, it said two people flew from California to St. Louis with a backpack full of cash, all right, to go buy a truck for their employer, which I don't understand. I wouldn't go do that. All right, I tell them to go buy it. I'm not, it's not me. But anyways, they flew out there and met somebody in St. Louis, like at a residential address to go buy this truck. And the person said, give me the bag. And so they're like, uh, no. And they lifted their shirt and he has a knife, all right, which is not a great weapon, uh, you know, other than close combat. And they said, okay, and they gave him the bag and left. Now, is this a true story? I don't know. I don't know. They could have stolen the money, I guess, um, and said they were robbed. Also, also, they're lucky to get through the airport. Let me tell you what. You can't take a sack full of money through the airport, all right? What, if they would have got busted at the airport, that money would have been stolen legally by the government. The government would have taken it and said, okay, now this is our money. And turns out you can't file a police report about that because they are the police. So they're lucky one of the beagles running around there didn't uh, sniff out that money and basically turn them in, those snitching dogs. Doggone it. Doggone it. That's pretty funny. So I don't know who takes a sack full of money to go buy a truck, or how, and it didn't say how much money it was. I think this is kind of a ridiculous way to buy a truck. Why wouldn't you wire the money over there? You could send people to look at it and then wire the money and they'd have it instantly. That's much safer, too. What if it gets lost in, uh, I don't know, in baggage handling? You know, that kind of thing. All that kind of stuff could happen. I got to assume it's a lot. The average transaction price, $72,000. This was probably less. Otherwise, you would just buy a truck locally for a used truck, 72000 So it's probably less than that. It still doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't make sense. Did they steal it? Was it ever gone? Was there money in the first place? Who knows? But I thought it was uh, something really weird story. In an even bigger deal, Central Freight actually locked out its employees. Did you see that? So remember, Central Freight this week was supposed to be delivering all the freight that's on their docks. That's what they said. They go, okay, this week we'll bring people in and deliver the freight. Well, it turns out a bunch of drivers went to go in and deliver freight. And Central said, no, thanks. You're all locked out. So... Not only did they get, uh, you know, tell not even tell people. Then when people read about it and come back in to go to work to at least work another week to deliver freight, they wouldn't even let them. Now, I don't know if this is all drivers, but there's many, many reports of this around the country again of drivers going in and the company saying, no, you can't come in to deliver the freight. Isn't that something? What are they going to do? Use third parties to deliver the freight? How is this actually going to work? Ridiculous. I think this kind of thing is ridiculous. More of what I said, which is always be in it for yourself. They interviewed a guy who looked like he was 150, but actually was 72. And he had been working at Central for 40, 
five years. What do you think about that? It actually looked like he lived in a cave and had just come out to the big city. Either way, look, he goes, I was trying to make 50 years. I thought I'd make it with this place, but I guess I'm not going to make it. Um, yeah, you're not going to make it. And this is the problem. Even though you've been somewhere a long time, maybe your whole career, this is this guy's whole life, 27. He started working there when he was 27. That's it. And will he get a retirement or whatever? I don't know. I don't know what all will happen in the bankruptcy. What happens? You've got to be in it for yourself. Get set up with things for yourself. There would have been no pension at this place, I think, because they're not union as far as I know. So I don't think there's a pension set up there. Maybe. I don't know if you get that from the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation or if you get part of it. Look, it's a whole mess. He's like, I don't know if I'm going to get a, try to get a job somewhere else. Okay, maybe he will and maybe he won't. But the time there is done and it's just over just like that. He's like, I can't believe they would do that to us. Look, I can believe any place would do that to us. Okay, and apparently people don't want the X-Files. What did they say in that? Trust no one. All right. And God, we trust everyone else. We verify. So do not trust a place to be open even for one more day. It can be any place. This place has been open 96 years. It isn't like they just opened yesterday. So any place can close. Big places, Celadon, this place is big too, 1,300 drivers. Falcon, I mean, there's, and many, many smaller places go under all the time. So you cannot trust that you'll even be able to go to work. Heck, I don't even know if I'll get to work tonight, to be honest with you. Always have something in your mind. Always be ready and just, you know, be in everything for yourself. Have everything set up. Have a few dollars put aside and stuff like that. Be ready. That's all I'm saying. And this, I kind of feel bad for this guy. He was going to, he may go try to get another job somewhere. And uh, so I don't know if he needs to or if he just wants to, but he's not going to make 50 years at Central and that's too bad. There's been much talk in the industry. They made a big deal about it on uh, Auto Blog that I listened to, which is a podcast, the Auto Blog podcast. And uh, they said the technology of the year is the F-150 generator. I don't know if you know it, but in many F-150 models, you can get in the bed plugs that start around uh, 2,200 watts and go up to 7,200 watts, depending on which model truck you get and which model generator, as they call it, you get. And this can power, you know, household appliances. One guy said he came out and plugged his toaster into it. Now, I don't know about you. When I'm having toast, which I enjoy toast, I have some uh, banana bread here from Thomas. Okay, not sponsored by Thomas Bread. <laughs> Delicious. And I'll toast it up and put some peanut butter on it. But uh, I never thought about like, wow, what if, I should, <laughs> what if I should go out to the garage and plug my toaster into my car? And then... And do my toast that way. So I don't know if that's useful or they just tried it or whatever. One guy said he plugged a hot glue gun into it. He goes, I don't see. This is the thing about science. All right. I, this is public school. He's like, oh, you know, this thing usually shorts out my lights or whatever. But when I plugged it in the truck, it worked fine. So I know how much power the truck has. Let me tell you this. A hot glue gun does not pull that much juice out of the wires. Maybe your house is. You know, you live in a trailer with aluminum wires in it or whatever still, but a hot glue gun is not that impressive of a thing. And they said, oh, you know, you can run your whole house on this. You can if you have it wired right. Okay, you can't just plug your house. There's not like a plug that comes out of your house to plug into a truck. So it would be possible to run appliances 
But the thing that I'm talking about here is they're calling it a generator, but it is not a generator. There's actually an inverter in the truck. The generator is the truck because if you did not know this, to run the power out of the bed, the truck has to be running. Okay, the truck has to be on. The generator is the engine that's producing power. So, because they said, oh, you know, during those storms, well, there was power, the power was off for a couple of weeks. You can't run your pickup truck for two weeks on a tank of gas. It is not going to run. Now, you could keep something running overnight. It wouldn't be a bad idea. You could keep one room warm, I suppose, by plugging in maybe a space heater and leaving your pickup truck outside running be the way to do it and you could run a cord in from a space heater something like that but the truck has to run to run the power my escape we have and they Ford's had this for a while the back seat has power there's an inverter built into the armrest thing in the middle where you have a little storage underneath there's an inverter and there's a 120 plug in the back seat and you can plug in small appliances it's about 250 watts is the most you could put in its ideas for a laptop or something small i do know a friend of mine has one and he runs a a um, crock pot in it he goes to like church events or whatever and brings a crock pot and so they make food and <laughs> keeps it warm by keeping it plugged in i think that's pretty clever it'll run small appliances back there i don't know if it's that useful in inside maybe you could plug a cell phone charger into it if you have the plug for it also but this pickup truck that they're touting as a generator the truck itself is the generator so think about that and trucks rent you know 80 grand you can just buy a generator they talked to some goober from Ford, and he's like, well, you know, we find most people bring a generator when they go camping or whatever, so we just put it in the truck. Well, you made the truck the generator. And I don't know if you need 7,200 watts camping, although you this would do good on a job site. You can run some big tools, you know, with a 7,200 watt, and they didn't say the amperage on it, which would have been nice, but you can run a lot of larger tools in that. And also, if you were traveling, I thought this would be good for like a lawn care business or something like that where they have all these electric now electric lawnmowers and stuff you could charge all the batteries while you're traveling around with that thing run a cord and keep all the batteries charged between as you stop off a place like for true green or whatever these places are but remember if the truck is not running the power is not flowing that'd make a great bumper sticker wouldn't it here's the other thing you should do so this guy, I'm reading this story about this guy in his BMW. So he wrecks his Lexus or whatever it was. I forget what it was. It was some higher end thing like that. And he's like, I'm looking for a car. So he's looking around, looking around. And you know how now it's harder to find a used car. By the way, as you notice, there's not that many of them around. I get letters all the time. People want to buy my Sonic. Crazy. That doesn't normally happen with the Chevy Sonic. But uh, so he's looking around. And he says, oh, I found this BMW 550iX. Okay. He, rather than checking it out, he wires the dealer the money. I guess they go back and forth with the paperwork, right? And he signs it all, you know, e-signs it or whatever, and wires the dealer the money and then goes to get the car. Okay, that's your problem number one. Never, never do that. He was buying a BMW at a Volkswagen dealer also. So why is it at the VW dealer? Did they buy it at auction? Was it repossessed? If people get their car repossessed, do you think they're doing maintenance too if they do not have the money to make the car payment? Okay, answer, no. All right, so there's that. It, was it traded in on a Volkswagen? All right, that'd be quite unusual unless the VW dealer is also connected to BMW. For instance, the Chevy dealer here is also the BMW dealer. 
So Defau here in town is Defau Chevrolet BMW. So that might be one thing. I don't know about that. We need to look that over. But he gets the car. I guess going home, check engine light comes on. What a surprise. Goes in $5,500 of repairs. Holy mackerel, there were a bunch of leaks, which BMWs are known for until they get older. Okay, you get a lot of these gasket leaks and stuff in them. You know, they're great when they're new or whatever. I would never own one probably, unless like a really old one. I would never own a BMW out of warranty where it's like, say, five, six, seven years old, right? in there where it's got 70,000, 80,000 miles on it because you're in for a lot of repairs. Also, don't buy cars I don't look at first, but that's another story. So he goes and gets that done, and then in, like a week later, it needs a, another couple of thousand dollars of repairs, and then it's set, I guess. So just $10,000 later, and the car's fine. So he's all mad about it, and they were in the article being mad about it, and that's my problem with it. Look, he wants his money back and stuff. I don't know what to tell you. I want to tell you this. When you buy a car as is, okay, and I'm not an attorney, surprise, surprise, it is as is. Did you know what as is means? As is, just the way it sits. Take it like it is. No matter what is wrong with it, with all defects, all uh, all defects that are present or whatever that you find, that they're yours. You enjoy them. You get to have them. That's the problem of buying a car. Cars are very expensive, even used ones. Okay, take a little bit of time. You can hire. There are actually services that you could hire in other cities that will go inspect a car for you too. At least do that or show up. He'd have been better off showing up. I guess he had to fly in, inspecting the car and turning it down and flying home. Wouldn't that have been cheaper? A round trip ticket, even first class somewhere. <laughs> you know, he would have been better than buying this car and putting $10,000 into fixing it. Okay, so be careful. He complained to the Better Business Bureau and the Attorney General and stuff when they all told him basically to go pound sand because it was an as-is sale. It's his deal. And so he's all mad about it, giving him one star. What People need to give him one star. Never buy a car that you do not test drive. That is my opinion. Unless, I suppose unless, it has some kind of factory warranty. So if you're in a factory warranty, then that's not as much of a problem. Like a friend of mine just bought a car, but it only has 12,200 miles or something like that on it. So and it's still fully under factory warranty. So if there's any problem with it, you can just drive it over the dealer and go fix everything at no cost. So then you're not taking as much of a chance as you otherwise would. You get some used European car and you don't look at it first. You pay for it, sign it, and then take it. And it has problems. That's on you. Okay. That is on you. Go test drive the car that is totally out of warranty and is at a Volkswagen dealer before you take any chances on it like this. Or you can end up huge, huge problems. I think it's time that we talk about a reason why we're not on Mars. The planet is so close, yet so far away. I heard Matt Damon visited it, but still, we can't get there. Isn't that unbelievable? Well... I'm here to tell you that there's reasons we're not there, and that is because a bunch of dumb people keep us here. So there's a dude in his basement, a cinder block apartment without windows, a light hanging on a string. He's sitting in a metal folding chair. He has clothes on, fortunately, and he's got his card table set up, eating his three-day-old pizza, watching the black and white TV, and he says, you know what? I need to make some money. These people always need to make money. Why is that? So he has a better plan, though. He is going to go to the clothing store to make some money. So does he go in there and get an application for in Tulsa, Oklahoma? No. 
he goes and gets the clothes. But this, he's going to outsmart this store. This is not your average idiot. This person is, this is the mo of idiots. So he goes in there and he knows what we all know, which is clothes have a tag on them. And you can't get out of the store because the tag sets off the alarm and then the cops come and arrest you. The store cops. But he's got a plan. So he goes in there and grabs up all the clothes that he's going to take and he takes the tags off of them. <laughs> That's right. And then he bolts out of the door. But he still gets caught. Can you believe that? He gets caught because he took the tags off and put them in his pocket and ran out of the store right past those sensors. It turns out the tags do not have to be attached to those clothes or any clothes. When you go out, they still set off the alarm. When the tag goes through the things, the alarm goes off. It doesn't matter if they're attached to anything. Oh, if only public school would teach you this for these people. So he sets up the alarms, the store cops go after him, he gets arrested, goes to jail. Unbelievable. He thought he had this one in the bag. And I assume he has also lost his lease on his cinder block apartment and is now sitting in jail making new friends, wasting my money. Now I can't get to Mars because I got to support this guy with three cheese sandwiches every day. Because he's out there and has no idea how anything works. He probably got in trouble for damaging the tags. I didn't see that. And maybe for stealing them too. Because uh, I think they're a couple of dollars a piece or whatever. I'm sure they probably added that in there. Uh, because he broke them, taking them off, but putting them in his own pocket. So he almost so close. This one was so close. He was like right on the edge of making it. But just couldn't do it. So disappointing. It's so disappointing. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening today to the podcast through your ear holes only. Also, Gracie, thanks you for being here today. We will be back soon with another podcast. So what do they say? Uh, yeah, keep the dirty side down. So please do that and we'll see you soon.